This week and next week, we're going to just do a, a short series looking at Psalm 139, a picture that David paints of who we are and what God thinks of us. And as we come to an end of a year and as we look forward to a new year, it's a time to reflect and a time to look forward. And, and oftentimes we, we challenge, all right, so for the next year, what, what goals do you have? And I think New Year's resolutions are, are good things. I think it's important to say, how am I going to grow? How am I going to serve? How am I going to, to be more like Jesus Christ? And, and I think that's a good thing. And, and usually in a New Year's series, you, you list out the top 10 New Year's resolutions. Anybody want to guess what some of them are? Th those were all right. Very good. You all did a great job. Obviously, murmuring was the... Uh, was the number one New Year's resolution? No. No, we, we, we do that. And, uh, you know, smoking, losing weight, uh, serving in some capacity uh, are always on the top ten. And uh, so, obviously, we need to plan on how we can grow and be more like Jesus Christ. But one of the things, one of Satan's greatest weapons is to try to convince us that we are unworthy. Now, obviously, we can uh, fall into the temptation of pride, where we are too good. But really, and, and that is a real way that Satan attacks us, the pride of life, pride in our lives, we can handle it ourselves, we don't need God. But Satan also challenges us in the thinking that we don't deserve God's love. We see our flaws and we are definitely flawed people. We are sinners saved by grace. But we need to be reminded that we are made specially by God, and we are special to Him. And so this week, we're going to be looking at verses 13 through 16 of Psalms 139. And as we prepare for that, I'd like us to pray and ask for God's blessing and wisdom and guidance as we look at His Word this morning. Father, as we come before You, may we recognize who we are in Jesus Christ. And it's not because of our abilities or our amazing talents, but it's because of what you have done in our lives that we can recognize that we have worth. And Lord, that you as Almighty God care about us more than we can imagine and you have knit us in our mother's womb. Lord, help us to recognize that. Help us to recognize we have purpose. Lord, that you have prepared us, created us with purpose and for relationship with you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So have you ever questioned God about why he made you the way he did? 
And sometimes as we get discouraged, we can even come to a point where we say, you know, did God make a mistake or does God care? We struggle accepting who we are. When I was six, in sixth grade, and I shared this story a while back, but I'll, I'll share it again. When I was in sixth grade, I was very short. I'm happy to say that I've grown to be average, but I was short, and uh, that was really bothered me, and I, I really was planning on being about 6'5", an off-guard, college scholarships, maybe the NBA, but in sixth grade, I was very short. In fact, I was the shortest boy in our class, and, and at that time, and uh, Sorry, if you're younger here, you probably won't remember this unless you've listened to the oldies. But uh, there was a song that came out right about that time called Short People Got No Reason to Live. Anybody remember that song? All right. Thank you. And, and my, my loving friends would uh, hum that song when they walked by me. They would even sing a few bars. And I remember one day in particular, we were out at recess, and some of my so-called friends decided they were going to see who was shorter, myself or Susan Ferguson, because she was the shortest girl in sixth grade. Well, I didn't appreciate the uh, plans that they had for me, but they got enough of them. I'm, I'm sure it took 12 or 15 of them, to uh, hold me down to measure me versus Susan Ferguson. And they fault, they, it was incorrect, I should say, but they came up with the faulty conclusion that I was actually even shorter than Susan Ferguson. And uh, I appealed the verdict. And... And uh, I, I think I really was not shorter than Susan Ferguson, but uh, she stood on her tiptoes and I was squirming when they measured the, made the measurements. But we struggle with who we are. Did God make a mistake when he made me? I can look at people around me and I can see the talents they have and maybe they're talents I don't have or... Maybe they have certain physical characteristics that I don't have or I have ones that they don't have that, that can bother me and, and I begin to question God. Does He care? Is He active in my life? Or maybe He does care, but He just doesn't have the time or even the ability to change who I am, or my circumstances. Now, we know that's not true. But in the midst of our struggles, we can question that. But God is active in our lives, and we are loved and cherished by an all-powerful, ever-present God. He cares about me. 
He cares about me so much that He sent His Son Jesus Christ to die for my sins. We were sharing about that Friday night on Christmas Eve, the, the celebration of the coming of Jesus Christ and God's love for us. But He also cares about me every day, the things that I face, the struggles I have. And so as we look at 2021 and look forward to 2022, we can maybe look back and see some, some hard times that we've had, some disappointments. Maybe we fear what's coming up. We worry about the future. And we can be discouraged in the past. But God loves us. And we are cherished by an all-powerful, ever-present God. And in Psalm 139, David reminds us of that fact. We're going to read verses 13 through 16. It says this, a passage that may be familiar. And if you were listening to the last song that Josh led us in before this, you will hear some of those words from the song in this passage and other verses from Psalm 139. It says this, For you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your, body, and in your book they are all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. There's some things in these verses that we need to continually remind ourselves of. We know them, but in the midst of struggles, we may forget them. We need to remember that God made me. Verses 13 and 14, for you formed me in my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. God formed me. He created me special. These verses are an incredible argument for the sanctity of human life. Even in the womb, God was active in forming who I am. We are precious in His sight. David praised God because God had made him. James Hufstetler, a writer, writes this, and I, it's a, a tremendous quote and a reminder from him. It says this, You are the result of an attentive, careful, thoughtful, intimate, detailed, creative work of God. Your personality, your sex, your height, your features are all they are because God made them precisely that way. He made you the way He did because that is the way He wants you to be. If God had wanted you to be basically and creatively different, He would have made you differently. Your genes and chromosomes and creaturely distinctives, even the shape of your nose and ears, are what they are by God's design. The Hebrew word there in verse 14 translated inward, in verse 13, excuse me, translated inward part literally means kidneys. 
which were used to describe our longings and our desires, not just our physical traits, but God was creating us specially, not just in the way we look, but in our personality, in our emotional makeup. God created you special. You ever heard that line? God made you special? Every uh, parent of young people may be familiar with that. What, what does that come from? Veggie tales. Very good. All right. God made you special. Bob and Larry remind us of that every time when our kids would watch that over and over and over and over again. But we need to be reminded over and over again that God made us special. God not only creatively made our physical appearance, but our personality, our passions, our emotional makeup. God made me. But not only that, God knows me. Go to verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. God knows everything about me. Not only did He create me, but He knows everything about who I am. He knows my dreams and desires. He knows my fears. He knows my failures. He knows all about me. And verses 13 through 16 in many ways are a conclusion of what He covered in the first 12 verses. And in the first 6 verses we're reminded that an all-knowing God knows me. Listen as I read verses 1-6. through It says, O Lord, You have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, You know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid Your hand upon me. Listen to this in verse 6. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. God knows me. He knows every word I'm going to say. He knows every thought I'm going to think. In many ways, that's a scary reminder of my sinfulness. But yet, even in my dark and hard times, God loves me. You know, when we have, uh, and even with our spouse or our friends or our siblings, we want to hide some of the things about us. We want to hide our fears. We want to hide our failures. But God knows us, and it doesn't change His love for us. I remember hearing people say, well, God... God can't love me. Oh, yes, He can, and He does. And so as we look at our lives, as we recognize our warts, we need to understand that God cares about us. He knows the deep secrets. He understands our disappointments. But the God of the universe 
cares enough to know all about me. He knows me. And God is with me. Verses 7 through 12. Verses 1 through 6 talks about an omniscient, all-knowing God. And verses 7 through 12 talks about a God who is at all places. He's an ever-present God. Notice what it says beginning in verse 7. It says, Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I make the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light to me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. There is nowhere I can go where I am out of reach of God. There's a story about a, a little boy who uh, was hiding. And uh, as he was hiding, he, uh, the phone rang, and, he, and he, the cell phone that was in the, his mother's purse in the closet where he was hiding. And so he, for some reason, answered the phone. And it was... 911 returning a call. And so the operator said, so yes, uh, I'm, I'm looking for uh, your father. Well, he's busy. But the boy was talking in a very hushed tone. Oh, well, can I talk to your mother? She's busy. Well, is anybody else in the house? Well, my, my older brother is. Well, can I talk to him? He's busy. Well, how about anybody else? Well, yeah, my older sister. Well, can I talk to her? She's busy. Is anybody else there? Well, my aunt and uncle. Oh, can I talk to them? They're busy. Well, is anyone else there? I don't think so. Well, what are all the people there doing? They're looking for me. We can hide from... Some of you will get that later on. It's a dumb joke. But it's a great reminder that we can hide from people around us. We can fool people around us. You can fool some of the people all the time, and all the people some of the time. You can't fool all the, time, all the people all the time. You can't hide from or fool God. But even when we try to hide, God still loves us. He is with me. And God gives me purpose. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5 says, Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. And listen to this last part of the verse. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. God gives me purpose. There's a reason why I am here. And maybe you're going through a really tough time in your life and you're saying, you know, why? <laughs> what purpose do I have? God made you special, and He has a purpose for your life. We have a reason that we were created. The shorter Westminster Catechism asks this question in a series of questions, but asks this question, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy Him forever. 
And God has a unique purpose for each one of us. One of the greatest causes for depression and discouragement is if we feel we have no purpose. And if, and if someone comes and says, you know, I'm feeling really discouraged or I'm dealing with depression and it's real feelings. One of the greatest things that they can do is step out and serve. Why? Because it shows they have purpose. It's really hard, but it's really good. You see, God made me special, and He has a purpose for me. And David in Psalm 139 recognized that God was involved in His creation. God was the one who created him. He knit him in his mother's womb, and He came and He gave him purpose. He created each one of us with purpose. And when I recognize that, then I will humbly use the talents, the passions, the gifts, the experience that God has given me to glorify Him and to reach out and serve others. But God also guides me. Verse 16, Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they, are all, were, they all were written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. And that gives two different ideas. The one is that God knows my days and are, my days are numbered. He knows the day I was born. He knows the day I will die. But it also has another meaning, and I think a, a, a very important mean, meaning. And that's this, that, that God knows each and every day of my life. Not just the first and the last. But God knows my today, He knows my yesterday, He knows my tomorrow. God guides me. He walks along beside me each and every day. Psalm 23, probably the most familiar psalm. Another psalm written by David. In verses 2 and 3, David reminds us of Psalm 23. He says, He, God, leads me beside the still waters. He guides me in the paths of righteousness. He knows all about me and desires to guide me through my life. And so we see all these things about God and His love for us. It's important for us to recognize God's activity in our life. And when I recognize God's activity in my life, certain things will happen. One is I can accept myself. You know, we, we, we struggle with self-acceptance, self-worth. And we say, well, you know, I, I just, I, I'm a failure, this and that, and all these reasons why I can't accept myself, why I don't believe I have self-worth. We use the term self-esteem, which is probably a little more dangerous term to use, because self-esteem begins to put the focus back on me. But self-acceptance and self-worth. I have worth because the God of the universe cares about me. He knows me. He guides me. 
He gives me purpose. And so I can recognize that and I can accept myself. I am who I am because God sovereignly created me the way that He chose. Now, Popeye said, I am that I am. But we are who we are because I am that I am. Self-acceptance is trusting that God did not make a mistake when He made me. And when I get an understanding of who God is and what He thinks about me, I will have self-acceptance. I will have self-worth. And it will also create humility in my life because I realize it's all God and not me. And that is vital to understand. It's all God. I can accept myself and I can also recognize that I have value. George MacDonald wrote this, I would rather be what God chose me to be than the most glorious creature that I could think of. For to have been thought about, born in God's thought, and then made by God is the dearest, grandest, and most precious thing in all thinking. In sixth grade, as the second shortest person, I'm still convinced, and I'll stand on that. I was the second shortest person in my sixth grade class in Belgrade. I wanted to be taller, and there were several NBA players that I would have gladly switched places with. But I need to recognize that that is foolish thinking. Because God made me special. And He cares about me. And I have value. And not only that is when I recognize God's activity in my life, I can accept myself, I have value, but I can understand that I have purpose. I have purpose in my life because God has prepared me and He guides me to fulfill that purpose. Fanny Crosby was known as America's hymn writer. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Fanny Crosby next week. But uh, she wrote hundreds of hymns. But one of the hymns that she wrote was called All the Way My Savior Leads Me. I want you to listen to a couple verses from this hymn. It says, All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? What through life has been my guide, or who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, here by faith in Him to dwell. For I know whatever befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. All the way my Savior leads me, O oh, the fullness of His love. Perfect rest to me is promised in my Father's house above. When my spirit clothed immortal wings its flight to realms of day, this my song through endless ages, Jesus led me all the way. I have purpose because the God of the universe guides my every step. And because of that, I can trust God for who I am. But when I cannot trust God for who I am, I will have continual battles. James Huffstetler 
also wrote this. It says, when you have those questions of God's making of you. It says, when you question that, you will never really enjoy other people. You will never have stable emotions. You will never lead a life of godly contentment. You will never conquer jealousy and love others as you should until you thank God for making you the way He did. I must recognize that God made me special. And because He made me special, He did not make a mistake. His love is amazing. And His faithfulness in my life is never failing. And God gave me purpose as He knit me in my mother's womb. And because of that, I can recognize the preciousness of life and I can recognize the preciousness of my life. So as we look forward to 2022, we can say, God made me special and He has plans in store for me in the highest of the mountains and the lowest of the valleys. God is faithful and He never changes and He never stops loving me. Let's pray. Father, as we consider the amazing creation of life, You created the universe, but Lord, You also specifically and specially created me to be who I am. Lord, may I never forget, may we never forget Your love for us and your creativity in creating each one of us. Lord, may we fulfill the purpose that you have called us to. May we recognize your guidance and your care for us. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.